Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. As you know by now, the Soldiers Memorial Military Museum has reopened after a two-year, $30 million facelift, just in time for Veterans Day and the 100th anniversary of the end of World War I. Joining me in studio to talk about what you'll find when you visit are Mark Sundloff, director of the Soldiers Memorial Military Museum. Karen Gehring is the managing director of administration and operations at the Missouri Historical Society. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Well, you must feel very pleased, Mark. I'll start with you uh, with what has happened this weekend, the grand opening, and and, and a very nice turnout. Yeah, we had a a tremendous weekend at Soldiers rolling into this really what's a grand reopening full week, uh, but kicking that off Saturday morning with uh, Native St. Louis and Brigadier General Jeannie Levitt coming back to town to give some opening remarks and reminding us all about uh, why we we took on this endeavor and the importance of... uh, you know, refacing and restructuring Soldiers Memorial in a way that, that does everybody proud, everybody in St. Louis and the men and women, not only who have served in the service, but also the, all men and women of, of St. Louis who have contributed in so many different ways to, in so many different conflicts and struggles that we've been through. A heck of a transformation, given what it was and what it now is. Yeah, we're extremely proud of, of the end result after, you know, numerous years of, of hard work um, and dedication by the, the staff of the Missouri Historical Society and numerous contractors and, and art uh, craftsmen and artisans uh, throughout uh, the area who contributed to the project. But it's, uh, it's a rather stunning facility. Um, a lot of work went into making sure that this 1938 structure came up to 2018 expectations and standards, um, but retained that that beauty and that uh, original design of, of the, the the craftsman of 1938 who did that original work. Karen, give me some sense of what the oversight role was like for the uh, Historical Society. We were first approached in 2013 about the possibility of taking over the uh, Soldiers Memorial, and we spent um, about a year and a half doing due diligence We started out by agreeing to inventory the historical collections at the Soldiers Memorial and started doing that in 2014. Then we um, agreed to go forward with the project. A lot was involved in addition to the planning, you know, with the architects and the engineers, it called for an ordinance to be passed. And we were very fortunate in that the Board of Aldermen of the City of St. Louis unanimously approved the ordinance that allowed the City of St. Louis to enter into an agreement. Well, I'm sure that was made easier by the fact that no city money was going to be (laughs) used for this project. (laughs) Certainly that was the case. But, um, We've also benefited from the generosity of local philanthropists who, as you mentioned, funded this. And so it wasn't just the renovation of the museum. It was the renovation of the two-block area, the Court of Honor. Many people don't realize that that's part of the Soldiers Memorial Complex, and that underwent massive transformation. Mark, can you tell me something of the, the actual history of the building? I think that in and of itself is fascinating, given, given when it was built and why. Right. In 1923, the, uh, the city had uh, made the decision to go ahead and um, issue the bonds uh, to move forward with creating this space uh, in downtown St. Louis. It involved um, 
the clearing of, of seven city blocks down there, which are all still cleared to this day, either as, as parks or as Soldiers Memorial. Mm-hmm. Um, that money um, didn't stretch quite as far as they thought it was going to. Um, they got the, the clearing done, but were not able to initiate construction on the memorial uh, until 1936. And that's when President FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, came to St. Louis to dedicate that location and, and mark it as a as the future site of uh, the World War I Memorial uh, for St. Louis. Um, and then on Memorial Day in 1938, um, that, it, that opened up and uh, opened up uh, the uh, Soldiers Memorial. Uh, it, it existed then both, as it does today, as both a memorial and a, and a uh, place of reverence and uh, almost a sacredness uh, to these uh, men and women who have made the ultimate sacrifice, but also served as a, as a museum exhibition where artifacts um, and personal histories could be shared. Um, we, of course, uh, at, uh, following World War One, I, I think everybody had hoped and prayed that that was going to be the the war to end all wars, as as we uh, as we thought. But of course, that uh, turned out not to be the case. Um, after entering and, and getting through World War Two um, in 1948, uh, they went ahead and established the Court of Honor across from the the Soldiers Memorial. And the Court of Honor uh, was to designate uh, a space to remember those World War II men and women who made the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, One of the things that comes to my mind is you talk about 1923 and the planning initially and the funding and what have you. The nation was pretty flush in those days, but in 1936, just the opposite was the case. Yeah, absolutely. Quite a change in in national uh, economic picture between those two years, of course, with the Great Depression really getting under underway in 1929 and, and into the early 30s, uh, the nation and, and St. Louis were really struggling financially. So to pull it off again and, and to relaunch it in 1936 was no easy feat, uh, but but they were able to, to get that approved and move forward with it. Karen, that was one of the uh, FDR's public works projects, was it not? It certainly was. A lot, a lot of that going on at that particular mm-hmm. time. Let's get back to uh, what, what we have there today. You, you mentioned uh, inventorying the artifacts. What does that involve? I mean, I know you're counting what you have and listing what you have, but what did you have at that time to inventory? The historical collections at Soldiers Memorial had been collected since the 1930s, but there wasn't a comprehensive inventory of the collections. And so there wasn't even a general number that could be assigned to the overall collection that was owned by the city of St. Louis. We were able initially in 2014 to hire four individuals to begin to measure, to describe, to photograph all of the artifacts. And so for the very first time, we will have intellectual control over those collections. The, that work is still ongoing. I would say we're about 75% through with that um, inventory, and we're continuing with two individuals working on that. The, we've also been um, just thrilled with this, this whole project, and I had the honor to serve as the project manager for the revitalization. The Soldiers Memorial is truly an architectural treasure, and many people didn't even realize it was open to the public. Mm -hmm. And so we've been able 
to restore the museum, the beautiful Walker Hancock sculptures, the Gold Star Mother's um, mosaic, the original elevator. Um, things like this are very, I mean, they're, they're hard um, to comprehend the beauty of those particular items. But there's also a lot of behind-the-scenes um, work, such as the building never was air-conditioned. It never had fire suppression. And so we had to open up walls and do work such as putting in HVAC so that, you know, basic visitor service amenities would be there for the public. And Mark, you had to scrape off a little history too, didn't you, with the, with the exterior of the building? I mean, that would represent the era during the 30s and 40s when the, there was always a dark cloud hanging over St. Louis. Yeah, certainly the, um, some of the, the coal particulates and other things that were in the atmosphere uh, through the, the, the past 80 years certainly gave a discoloration and really darkened uh, uh, the, the building and especially the statues. I know the, the before and after um, <coughs> images of, you know, before. Uh, we renovated and, and cleaned those um, Walker Hancock statues, and the after images are just uh, kind of a night and day comparison. And um, it's just it's stunning. It was uh, it was it's an amazing project because you, it, like I said a little bit earlier, uh, it, it feels like you're walking into a new facility um, given its current uh, state of accommodations and whatnot. But it was all kicked off in 1938. So as a historic preservation project. It's really quite remarkable the way that the building has been saved and, and brought back to a really a fresh new life. Yeah, much more inviting, I would think, uh, to the public at large. And then you've got these uh, wonderful water features, which always dress up a property, don't they? Yeah, the, the work in the Court of Honor has just been quite remarkable. And the addition of the water features, um, I think the thing that I like the most about it is, you know, that, that Court of Honor is primarily about remembrance and about um, creating this kind of sacred space uh, where people can go and reflect upon um, those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. And not only is the, w the water feature attractive, um, but also as you, as you move down into that area, you, you kind of lose the, the city environment. You lose the, the traffic noise from Market Street and 13th Street. And uh, it actually creates a space where you can relax and, and reflect. Um, so it's quite remarkable. Wasn't it designed to, uh, to uh, blunt some of the noise from Market Street, that the, these features would help do that? Yeah, I think that, that was definitely part of the intent, yeah. I want to go back, Karen, to, to the artifacts. Uh, did you find some things in there that you didn't know that you had that uh, turned out to be pretty significant? There are... Um, extensive, extensive collections. And there were a number of um, artifacts, some of which were donated in the early years, that, that were a surprise. For example, a gun that was given by Kit Carson to the original Buffalo Bill is in the collections of Soldiers Memorial. And the reason that it's in the collection of Soldiers Memorial is because it was originally given to Kit Carson by General Fremont. And so family members of the original Buffalo Bill felt that it was only appropriate for it to be returned to St. Louis. And so there are things like that that are 
just stunning to come across, you know, during the inventory. Really reflecting a very important part of uh, this this uh, region's history in, in that regard, no question yes. about it. I've got to take a break. Let's do that now. We'll come back and continue our conversation. We're talking about the refurbished Soldiers Memorial in downtown St. Louis. It's really been transformed quite beautifully. We'll have more conversation about that in just a moment. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast supported by University College at Washington University with undergraduate and graduate programs part-time evening and online. University College at Washington University offering world-class education within reach. Welcome back as we continue our conversation about the newly renovated Soldiers Memorial downtown. Uh, Mark, let me go back. We talked about Kit Carson and some of the famous names in our history. The the artifacts and parts of the, the exhibit go back even farther than that. It's obviously not just a World War One, World War Two memorial. Yeah, certainly. So <clears throat> the uh, the the main exhibit on the main gallery floor uh, is St. Louis in Service. That's the uh, the name of the exhibit, and it stretches from Revolutionary War, uh, really, with the Battle of Fort San Carlos here in what became St. Louis. Uh, all the way up through to today. Um, so there's um, the stories of, of Rocky Sickman um, and his capturing uh, during the Iranian hostage crisis. Uh, that is, the anniversary of that was just a day or two ago, too. Correct. Yeah, correct. 19, yeah, yeah. Good. And I think one thing that, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about collections, um, we're very proud of the the gallery spaces, not only for the content, but the, uh, the collections care and uh, the environment that we created. And one thing that that's done as a side effect of, of bringing this building really up into the top 3% of, of museums in the country in terms of collections care and a- exhibition space is the, uh, the willingness of, of loaners, uh, donors to, to loan artifacts that contribute to the exhibits. And Rocky Sickman being one of those who is uh, loaning pages from his personal diary that he kept um, uh, while, while hostage. And these have never before been exhibited um, and they're not, uh, uh, we'll be putting a few pages at a time uh, on exhibit in the space. So that, that trust and, and that um, confidence uh, that, that we're going to run a, a tight ship down there, so to speak, uh, and, and, keep, and take great care of the objects and the artifacts is, is a nice thing. Well, speaking of tight ships, uh, you have Stan Musial's Navy uniform and also That's some correct. memorabilia from the USS St. Louis. That's correct. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Stan Musial's uh, uniform is also on loan. Um, and then the, the the bell from the USS the third USS St. Louis is on exhibit, and that's been restored. Which is another part of this conversation is is the the, the conservation work that that took place on a number of these artifacts to kind of bring them back, uh, stop deterioration, and then bring back objects to closer to their original condition when possible. And with the with the bell, the USS St. Louis bell, layers of paint that had been added on over the years really inappropriately um, have been removed to restore that bell to its original appearance. I was told years ago that there were more St. Louisans at Pearl Harbor during the December 7th attack than people from any other place because the USS St. Louis was birthed there at the time. Is this the same USS St. Louis? There were three of them. Do you know, Karen? It was a later 
There, there have actually been six USS oh, St. Wow. Louis's, and a seventh is currently under construction and will be dedicated later this year. How much damage, if any, was done to some of these artifacts uh, over the years prior to what has just been accomplished? Because you talked there was no air conditioning. Preserving some of these things must have been a chore. It was, and the... The beautiful Art Deco building has very large, oversized windows. And unfortunately, until the renovation, those windows were letting in direct sunlight. Uh, an example of a gift that was given to Soldiers Memorial back during the 1940s, the first uh, Veterans Day parade after World War II the Grand Marshal was General Doolittle, oh. and he donated his uniform and all of his medals. It was on display in the direct sunlight for decades, and it, it was just fried. Um, unfortunately, we'll never be able to put it on display again, but it's kept in the collections, and it's a very good example of why it's important to protect the artifacts from direct sunlight. And when people go into the St. Louis in service galleries today, they'll see large um, scrims that cover the windows. And we've been able to put an individual face of a St. Louisan that was involved in service on each of those. It accomplishes several things. It helps underscore the fact that this is the story of St. Louisans, but more importantly, it protects the artifacts that are on display. Mark, any additions that uh, you have now that you didn't have uh, prior to the renovation? Oh my, definitely. Uh, um, I, I think since we're talking about exhibits and collections, um, probably the most dramatic change in the facility happened in the lower level. Uh, that lower level had previously been used for both articles some artifact storage, but also as city offices uh, for emergency management services. And that, uh, that lower level has been completely renovated and turned into 4,300 square feet of temporary exhibit space. Um, so when we opened uh, last Saturday on November 3rd, uh, we opened that gallery with uh, uh, St. Louis and the Great War, a World War I focused exhibit. Um, so we kind of uh, basically doubled the exhibit space in the in Soldiers Memorial through the renovation of that lower level, which is exciting on a number of different levels. One is you get to have fresh new exhibits that, that people will want to see and are relevant to the community. But then accompanying, what will accompany those exhibits is uh, the programming, the public programming that will be, you know, whether it's K through 12 or continuing education for adults, um, just a wide variety of public programming that we can conduct um, in the second floor of that space where we have a number of meeting rooms and a, and a large assembly hall. Um, so the, the renovation of that lower level opens up exhibit possibilities and really enables Soldiers Memorial to be a very active a vibrant part of what we, we hope to continue to contribute to a dynamic downtown there. Will some of that space be used for private gatherings? I mean, could uh, a wedding party, for instance, or an anniversary or something use it? Yeah, certainly. Um, the, the upper level uh, space, the assembly hall, will be available for rental. Um, but with the, with the, uh, the focus in mind that that uh, Soldier's Memorial is a, 
is a reverent space, mm-hmm. um, and we do have a mission to to, to respectfully um, observe uh, the memorial aspect of the facility. So uh, we will be having those events, but we are requiring that um, those events are accompanied with some type of uh, educational programming or uh, a guided tour of the exhibits or some other aspect that um, enables that, that group to understand that this is more than uh, just an ordinary rental space, for sure. Karen, w- what did you do with the artifacts during the restoration period? They had to be kept someplace, I'm sure, and, and protected. Where yes. were they? We moved all of the artifacts that weren't on display back in 2014 to a city-owned building where we created a, um artifact, basically, collection center that will continue to house any of the artifacts in the collection that are, aren't on exhibition. And we took um, about 6,000 square feet that was provided by the city of St. Louis and did some extensive renovation to the space to control the um, HVAC in the room uh, to create an area for the treatment of collections and um, set up areas for the inventory and processing of collections. That space will remain um, the collection center for the future. What What is being done, if anything, to acquire more, to acquire new artifacts, whatever might be out there that would work in the museum? Um, people are reaching out to us about collections, and we have um, a full-time curator working with us as well as a full-time um, collection manager for Soldiers Memorial. And so this weekend, a number of people walked up to us and, and talked about collections that they have. And so we will be following up with, with people. The But we're always interested in artifacts that still are associated with, with stories of St. Louisans. Mm-hmm. Mark, does this, am I correct in, in having read that s- some of the material you have in there goes back to the Revolutionary War? Yeah, that's correct. We have a, a sword that was at the <clears throat> Battle of Fort San Carlos, which was here, mm-hmm. um, just uh, north of the city here. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what has been the biggest surprise to you, Mark, through all of this? I mean, you've been there for a while. Uh, what surprised you? Um, I think... You know, when we had the the grand reopening on Saturday morning, um, I don't know if it was a surprise, but it certainly um, was emotional to see people enter that space, whether they were visiting for the first time or had visited in the past and have seen and were able to see what we what we kind of have been up to for the last three years um, to come into that space and just um, the emotion from them, um, especially veterans who. Um, are just witnessing this astonishing exhibit that's so well done, so professional, so so high level, um, and how that reflects highly upon them and their service. That that was not a surprise, but it was a, a beautiful thing to see. Karen, only a little more than a minute left. We should point out that more people can visit now because it's Americans with Disabilities Act compliant, which it was not before. That's true. Yeah. <coughs> The, we have a new um, ramp from 13th and Chestnut. It was very important that um, disabled veterans 
could enter the front door. But we've also done things such as including uh, tactile components to the exhibitions. Uh So you can actually feel a 12-inch model of each of the Walker Hancock sculptures, Uh Courage, Loyalty, Sacrifice, and Vision. Uh, There are many other components as well. Well, what a great job you guys have done over the last couple of years to get this uh, all together. I'm sure it's going to be enjoyed by many, many, many people over the years to come. Thank you both so much for being with us. Uh, Mark Sundloff, uh, director of the Sundloff, that is, director of the Soldiers Memorial Military Museum, and Karen Gehring with the Missouri Historical Society. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.